Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Hello. Hello. Um, this is the first episode of the, the second part of season th- four, part two of three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. the, L- the LMD uh, chapter. Yes, yes. Versus um, Ghost Rider, LMD, and framework. Uh, Hydra. Our Hydra framework shit is the third. Um, <clears throat> I think I mentioned last episode, but I haven't looked to see if the logo has changed for this portion. So I have to look for that next time we we record for episode 10. So this is, uh, oh, before we get started, we're a part of the But Why Though podcast community. Be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC. And their website, butwhythepodcast.com. We are super proud to be a part of their community. So this is season four, episode nine, titled Broken Promises. Um, in my opinion, it should have been titled The Robot Uprising. Because <laughs> uh, Mac has a really good line about that later in the episode. And it was written by Brett Fletcher and directed by Gary A. Brown, some S.H.I.E.L.D. veterans here, and originally aired uh, January 10th, 2017. And we begin this the the episode with this beautiful, like beautiful scene. There's classical music playing. It's Ada is like undressing and bandaging her wounds, which it's weird that she has wounds, whatever. And she's like putting on her little assistant outfit that she normally wears when she's working for Radcliffe. And we hear May sighing in the closet. And Ada is kind of talking to her. She's like, you know, I'm really sorry. We're going to keep you as comfortable as possible. Like you have to stay here a little bit longer. Don't worry. Everybody at shield is fine. Um, but you have to stay here until your substitute has served her purpose, which is pretty creepy. (laughs) So we now have it confirmed that may that is on the base is not actually may it is Android may it is uh, LMD may. Um, which, which is great. Yeah. Which if, if especially watching these two back to back, the previous episode and, the, and this one, yeah. with the way it, the last one ended with the romantic moment between the two of them, it was very, very frustrating. Yeah, because it's not actually May. Although we learn later that like the LMD is based off of May everything that May wants and, and feels. So it was real in a way, but also not. It's gross. Anyway. <laughs> At the base, the playground, the base where later on I'll talk about how weird this base is again. <laughs> we don't know where it's located because it seems to be in a city for this all the, episode. All of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. So when, when before it's been in a completely barren place, but also also it's just had a bar next to a highway. <laughs> oh, Jesus. God. Jesus. The playground. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody's in Mesa's office and they're talking about how, he's talking about how we need to dispose of the dark hold, blah, blah, blah. And they he also says that they need to erase Ada's hard drive since she has read the dark hold. And Fitz and Radcliffe are kind of like, oh, whoa, we, can't, we can't do that. And Mac is like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? She has a robot. Have you never seen a movie? <laughs> like, Yeah, because they keep referring to her like like as a person. And, yeah. and he's, he's like... Like she is out of she, she is an it. <laughs> like and no, and I love it. It's a it's something I just love in general, and I can relate to a lot. Like 
I I have this thought a lot in reality that yeah. but but unlike Max because Mac is Mac and looks like Henry Simmons and knows how to use weaponry and has a <laughs> shotgun axe handy and whatnot like he's like we're going to stop the robot revolution I always joke that the second the robot revolution begins like I have on record on on all sorts of social media and whatnot is I will be the first to betray my fellow humans yes. to my robot lords and masters. Like whatever you guys need, Skynet, I am here. Same. I'm cool. You're gonna Same. need go betweens. That's yep. what I'm for. <laughs> like, Same like, with like, like alien invaders. Yeah, I am no, here for you. <laughs> I will <laughs> like, not bow down to fascist humans. <laughs> like that's a very important distinction if you have robot powers i know i know what i'm beat <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god it's too real but yeah so <laughs> um so yeah mac is just like beside himself like not only is he not about the alien shit he is not about the robot shit he is here to ground us in reality which is great <laughs> by mentioning 80s pop culture <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I love I love his 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 reference to fi to films like as oh, yeah. as though like though the, the Terminator proves something. <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. I'm using Terminator. We know what what, well, I, what happened. They like, do this in Avengers Endgame too with the time travel stuff, and it's like do. fucking hilarious. I love it. Where like Scott Lang is like, oh, but <laughs> time machine <laughs> says this, and like. <laughs> And poor Tony and and Bruce were just like, this is not a movie, or like it is, but you know. Well, no, that, that's uh, I mentioned in the previous episode that I listened to a, this uh, podcast where they talked with this physicist whose like specialty is time travel, and the panel, of course, because it's a podcast, one of the panel of, of people commenting with the expert are all comedians, so oh, yeah, they of course. don't know anything. <laughs> and one of them brings up Back to the Future. This woman's like, oh no, it's. Not, there's nothing resembling close to anything that is an actual theoretical physics. Like Back to the Future is like the most wrong version. Yeah, of yeah, it. yeah. Which I am, as someone who loves time travel and loves Back to the Future, I'm fully aware of this. And I like, like, but one of the comedians was like so offended, and like, like the main host was like, "That's like the most dangerous thing you can say at this UCB thing." Like every, we, like every other person in the audience was, they're fine with everything you've said. They're just going along with it. Yep, nope, she's the expert. She knows what he's talking about, but. You just questioned Back to the Future and shattered all their worlds. Like it's like what? <laughs> but oh, I, I, I totally get it. Like because I, I don't know because I, I was shaped by all the same movies that the uh, authors, that the, the script writers and mm -hmm. writers' room are having same. Mac reference. Yeah, but uh, but same. but he's absolutely right. Yep, he is. <laughs> she is a robot. Have you never seen? I feel like that needs to put on a shirt. Um, so Mace is like, uh, oh, so after this, um, Fitz and Radcliffe, okay, you have a point. We'll go do it. And Mace is like, well, that wasn't a request. That was an order. So go. Go do that. <laughs> and um, Android May is making these weird faces. And there are faces that May makes usually. But now that we know that she's Android May, I feel like they have double meanings. <laughs> so Because they're talking about going to erase Ada's hard drive. She's like, hmm, I don't like this when it's just may's face but you know whatever no, it, 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 context it, is, it, it does it gives it an extra component yeah um so the next scene is the inhuman that simmons treated wakes up from a nightmare and this is senator denier's brother vj played by manish dayal um, a very handsome man <laughs> and he is walking around this very nice house by himself and he goes outside and his sister ellen deer is outside cutting 
honeydew. And um, they start chatting. Apparently, their mother died during the Chitauri attack um, in Manhattan from the first Avengers movie. And um, he was in stasis for seven months, apparently. And he's telling her, you know, I heard your voice. Like, um, I just and she's like, what 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 happened? He's like, I don't know. It was just dark. I just I don't know what happened. And then um, he realizes, you know, that S.H.I.E.L.D. is back. He's like, oh, like you sent a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent to assess me. Does that mean S.H.I.E.L.D. is back? And she's like, yes, unfortunately. And she like starts getting all annoyed. And he's like. Well, you know, like Gemma Simmons wasn't so bad. Like maybe they're, you know, they're not so bad. Maybe they're just trying to do the right thing. And she totally has this reaction of like, oh, just because you met the one good S.H.I.E.L.D. agent means all of S.H.I.E.L.D. is fine, which I was like, we were talking about this last episode and how her role in this story is complicated because obviously she's supposed to be the bad guy. Like she's caught up with like, you know, a lot of xenophobia and essentially like a terrorist organization that is like anti-inhuman which is not great um but also she makes a lot of good points about like government agencies even though she's like part of the government well and just <laughs> like and, and just authoritarian authoritarian organizations like like like, yeah. like like you were talking about uh in the previous episode in relation to, to this overall storyline and just in general like 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 the the, the complex and sort of i don't know about problematic inherently but like inherently contradictory and like like mm-hmm. like 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 i don't know like like in, there's there's in there's baked in inner turmoil in a concept like shield because of of the, the compromising nature of that, those kind of jobs and like yeah it, w- her point is well made like you said for a government agency but even like you know like the police it's like if you're yeah. trying to explain to a white person who has no i no, who who has not listened and has not done any effort to understand, uh, you know, a marginalized person experience. You're trying to explain, you you know, uh, how a corrupt system exists and, and, and bias comes into play and they'll be like, well, no, I've known cops that aren't jerks or aren't racist. And it's like, mm-hmm. what well, doesn't mean that the system isn't poisoned, you know, yeah. like, like my dad was a juvenile probation officer, but he's one of the, we'd be one of the first people to tell you that, you know, even though he worked, I think in his, in his estimation, probably more good cops and good detention officers and good you know lawyers and judges than bad. He also knows that there's a whole lot of corrupt ones too in the system. Yeah. Well, and the system is, is set up to benefit certain members of society right. versus Abso- others. Absolutely. And so it's like even if you're a good shield agent or a good cop, you're still working within a, and for a system that does not benefit people of color essentially and it, yeah and, fact, and unfairly dangerous. yeah unfairly yeah. stacks everything against yeah them. <laughs> like no you're and absolutely uses, right uses stereotypes and you know racialized um assumptions and anti-blackness to like not allow people of color to be angry or to just exist <laughs> so well, and i think that it's just like any any sort of argument it's like that those, those personal anecdotal examples mm-hmm. that doesn't have anything to do with anything <laughs> like it's a, like like you can find you can find one good example or one bad example in every larger group i'm sure but it has nothing to do with the overall prevailing you know flaws in our system and prejudices and like you said just like things that benefit one group at the expense of everyone else and, yeah. and, and actually like actively harm everyone else. Like 
that happens in so many areas of our society and definitely in law enforcement and, and, and in government, you know, high end agencies. Yeah. Well, yeah. And just the prison industrial complex and like the, that, you know, the police police kind of serve that system. And if you haven't watched the documentary, um, the 13th on Netflix, I think it's still on Netflix. Yeah, it's still there. Um, but it talks about like, you know, the prison industrial complex and essentially how it's like a new slavery for black people and like law enforcement like serves a purpose in that complex. So it's like, I don't know, it's complicated. I definitely recommend watching it because it just opens your eyes up to how the system is set up. Ava DuVernay directed it as well. And she's amazing. Go support her. Um, yeah, I just think this is a very interesting conversation. And she serves, like, Senator Nader serves this purpose throughout this episode. Like, she's very much like, you know, why are you in my house? You have no reason to search it. There, you know, this is not lawful. Like, get out. <laughs> like, no, um, and it sucks because I feel like not necessarily at this time in 20, when this aired in 2016, as much as maybe a few years before when that same group that kind of did end up getting Trump elected in 2016, uh, when, when those like tea party kind of asshole people mm-hmm. were, were, were kind of gaining steam. I think there was this weird conflation of actual legitimate civil rights issues. Like, like, Hey, you know, they're, in, they're impugning on our rights that, you know, with, uh, with uh, drone planes, you know, killing, you know, U.S. citizens and on foreign soil and and, uh, you know, and and illegal wiretapping and, and shit that mm-hmm. was happening on Obama's watch. And it's like and they're trying to conflate this with their actually thinly veiled racism, you know, yes. and like and yeah. and her position is very much, I think, similar to this because she's just outright, like you said, the xenophobic and hateful towards these inhumans, like to a very, very much like bigoted and, and prejudiced agenda driven degree. But she's also got real points that she's making that she's yeah. making to support that agenda. But that doesn't, that doesn't invalidate the points in and of themselves. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. they're still, they still have value. It's yeah. just, they don't, they're not necessarily related to her overall goals. Yeah. Well, she is real. She is using her points to you know further her stance versus protect people who are being oppressed right or or so. to <laughs> pursue some sort of truth or, or yeah, insight or some sort of social justice yeah yeah so interesting anyway also um it kind of this kind of this little storyline about their mother dying during the chitari attack kind of like like is the basis for her xenophobia xenophobia like she's very anti-alien <laughs> so and humans are you know are a tool of the Cree, and so this is kind of where that comes from um which yeah you know whatever anyway um back at the base which is wh- wherever this base might be simmons has, fi- <laughs> simmons has figured out that um the inhuman that she was helping is senator nadir's brother um, and she's like, it's very weird because someone has been maintaining his social media and paying his bills. And Daisy is the one who obviously found all this out. Um, and they're like, yeah, probably his sister, Ellen, has been doing this. Huh. <laughs> um, and it's cute because Simmons is very happy to have Daisy back just to talk with. And, um, the, you know, they're, they're just kind of chatting back and forth. And she's like, I, I missed you. I'm glad you're back. Like you specifically. It's nice to have you back which is very sweet. And then the PR guy walks in and Simmons is like, why are you here? And she's like very hostile. 
And he's like, oh, the director would like a work with Quake. And Daisy's like, my name is Daisy. And he's such a fucking asshole. He's like, not according to the press release. Like, so dehumanizing. I fucking, I fucking hate, I hate it. I don't even know the purpose of that. But obviously, he just thinks of, like, everybody that works at S.H.I.E.L.D. as, like, a way to further the, you know, political agenda. So, obviously, he's dehumanizing Daisy. But I just wish she would, like, fucking smack him. He's, uh, he's Mace's uh, Sean Spicer. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. He's a little piece of shit. After his, uh, after Mace's very short tenure at S.H.I.E.L.D., um, the PR guy is going to go on Dance with the Stars, <laughs> and he's going to write a memoir about his time at S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> well, man, I love the idea of Dancing with the Stars. It's like, <laughs> you know, th- at some mm-hmm. point. <laughs> it's so bad. It's just like, a, it's a good signal to like someone's like failing celebrity or like just they, they've sold out like they're just you know what i mean like they're just like i'm just here for the money i don't care <laughs> oh for sure it's like as some of some of them their age and their lack of attempt to be anything before and after mm-hmm. for some time like i think are, are coming out of relative obscurity or whatever it's like mm-hmm. you, you have to think they have a kid who's going to college or like they want a new boat or something. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, 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 you know, I, I'm, I'm totally set, but I'd like a little extra something. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I, I, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> got to keep up my donating donation status at whatever. You know. Anyway. Um, so uh, Mace and Daisy are go or Daisy goes to Mace's office and they start having a very honest conversation. And Daisy's like, well, it looks like we're stuck together. And Mace goes off and is like, dude, I saved you. Like, I didn't have to do that. And he's like, you're welcome. <laughs> and it, OK, so I wrote this in the notes. Do you think that he's jealous? I like, think he is because she's a real inhuman. She's a real human, inhuman, and she's the real hero. Like, she actually was doing good this whole time. Yeah, and is brave and is all these things. No, I think so, because... Because I think he wants to be the real deal. I think that it wasn't his idea. It was just kind of fall into his lap. But now that he's in the public eye as this guy, like that's the whole reason he wanted to suit up last episode. I think. Like I think I think you're absolutely right. I think I think he. It's sad because he isn't a bad guy, but right here he's being super petty and jealous. Yeah, because he just comes off super hostile, and it's honestly. The reaction is just out, out, like way blown out of proportion to like the conversation because Daisy's being super calm too, and I'm sure that's making him even more irritated. Like you, you, the way you're talking about it, when thinking about how last episode with Coulson when they had their disagreement at the beginning too, mm-hmm. like it just makes me think. And honestly, it might even play into the Kennedy idea, but like it just feels like he's he's kind of immature. Yeah, but like he's yeah. just a little childish, a little bit like he's a spoiled adult. But like it's just like like why aren't I already getting the thing I want? <laughs> yeah. like it's, it's We're not sort a of team a, that trusts. <laughs> yeah. And and like it just feels a little like he's like a big kid. Like yeah. like not like not nefarious or or bad, but just this and not even ego driven in like a power hungry way, like some characters like Talbot, you know, he is at times. But just like ego driven like like I don't like I think the sun you know, goes out when I close my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like a lack of object permanence. <laughs> but see, I, I question, I question that because right, you know, obviously after he like calms down, he's like, okay, this is not how I wanted this conversation to go. And he like tries to joke with her and tries to like kind of turn around and be like, okay, let's, you know, let's start over. 
Well, that's because I think he is like a pretty good guy. Like, I don't think he wants yeah. to be jealous. I, like he's not like wallowing. His yeah, flaws. I know. Because yeah, I don't think he's supposed to be villainous as much as you pointed out, like just flawed, like just someone who yeah. we, uh, we question or, or see his, his mistakes. He's very complex and human. And I like that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think he's a good foil for for Coulson. Like, like he's this weird, like inverse mirror of Coulson, where like they look a little alike, <laughs> but 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 and they and they do have like the same goals, but like their methods and their values are totally different. Like, oh yeah, even though, even though they want the same thing in 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 general. Yeah. Um. Oh, I was gonna say something and I forgot. Uh. Maybe it'll come to me. Anyway, um, so he tries to, like, make a joke, and Daisy, he, he's like, that was a joke to, like, break the ice. Haha. <laughs> and she's like, oh, cool. <laughs> Doesn't laugh. Um, and she walks over to the window, the window in this office that, <laughs> the, that it overlooks, the, it overlooks the underground they're in. They're supposed or to maybe, be. <laughs> or maybe a city, because there's a scene later in this episode where there's, like, reflection of buildings in the background. So I don't know. <laughs> so oh, my anyway. God. Where <laughs> is this supposed to be? they even bring up the bar entrance in this episode like dude (laughs) i wonder if anybody at like in the writer's room has actually brought this up like where is this place supposed to be (laughs) i am i like to think because there's like people like whose job is continuity yeah and i i like and and most of them it's just stuff that's on screen you know making sure episode to episode that in in one scene because they do shooting you know across different days yeah. and whatnot that like yeah. Daisy's not in a different outfit you know yeah. in one scene Her hair kind of looks the same yeah right and even and even though they have like several people in charge of stuff like that like in a in a big budget thing where they have months and months and months of time to focus on one thing still in like Ocean's Eleven there's a scene where Brad Pitt's eating sh- uh, shrimp cocktail off a plate in every shot except for one it's out of a goblet. <laughs> You know, and like, like, and it's magical. Like, it's just yeah. in, in, the, in the next, like, a split second later, it's back on the plate. Like, it, 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 like, like it still the stuff falls through the cracks. So I can't, mm-hmm. I can't hold it against them too bad. But at the same time, this is a different level of continuity, is. though. This like is the like- fact that it, where is it? And like, is this bar just in the middle? Like, like when they did show the, bar, it seemed like it was in like a desolate desert wasteland. Like, like I don't understand where this is supposed to be. Is it in a mountain underground in the desert or in a city? Or is it like next to a city that's near a mountain, near a desert? In, and where is near, it? In, near Washington, D.C. somewhere? <laughs> yeah, is it near Washington, D.C. or is it in the Midwest? It seems like it, like it takes a little while to get to California, but only sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mystery continues. We, we could write really. like a paper. Like, I feel I like we could do a special episode. <laughs> actually this may this might again uh like i talked about in our previous episode relating back to paul z and his history in lost that island did randomly float around the earth yeah maybe we have this maybe the headquarters the playground is the same sort of electromagnetic anomaly and yeah. it's just like teleporting across the <laughs> across the countryside oh my god fitz developed some technology to make the, the base very convenient wherever it needs to be um so anyway daisy is next to this window in this office and she's like looking um at this photo of mace and she brings up vienna and you know oh like you're such a hero blah 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 and he tries to downplay it and she's like no 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 you don't get to be modest when you have a framed glamour shot on your desk which oh yeah she's on to him um and she's like okay yeah so we're stuck together so let's try to make the best of it and daisy's like good so 
let's go after enemy number one, the watchdogs. And Mace is like, no, I would rather um, go after something that's rooted in facts and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we need to go, you know, Senator Nadir is a problem. And Daisy's like, well, I, I, she is connected to the watchdogs. And he's like, I got to prove it. Um, and Daisy's like, well, she has an inhuman brother. And Mace is like, yes, that's what we're doing. <laughs> so they're just kind of like doing this like little dance of like, what do we need to do? And they get down to business and they're like, okay, um, suit up, uh, wheels up in 10. And she's like, where are we going? And he's like, we're going to go rescue her brother. Yay. They're working together. <laughs> Mace isn't a bad guy. Anyway, Ada. No, no and, and again, like it almost feels like. Like she's like his babysitter and he's a little yes. kid and she just convinced him to do something that he shouldn't be doing but didn't want to. It's like, yeah. Like, so don't you see that going out and picking up all the all the sports equipment out of the yard is actually going to be kind of fun? It's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Like, is this yeah. weird? Weird, like reverse psychology thing. It was a really, I mean, it was kind of a fun scene because their back and forth is just very like she's like clearly like has inside knowledge of like all the stuff because stuff she's been working on for the past you know couple months, six months, however long. And his points aren't dumb. Just like if you were an eight-year-old kid, yeah, yeah, good point. Wanting to pick up after like you really can't just go after a senator. United States government right, without no. like hard evidence that she's tied to like a terrorist organization. You can't just you have, have a feeling. Right. Yeah, you, exactly. have to ha- you have to have some something, even if it is specious reasoning, like pointing out that your brother is that guy. But at the same time, like, you know, it, it, in America, like you can use that sort of prejudice pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. No, it's a, uh, it, it is, a, it's, it's a very cute scene. And yeah. like, it, it, like Daisy isn't like a million times smarter than him. He's an imbecile, yeah. but she is kind of like leading leading the charge. And it's cool to see, like you said, like he's not a bad guy. It shows that even though we're not supposed to like love him, that we I don't think that we should like not trust him. You know? Yeah, like, I agree. He really and they put does in that want seed. to do. You know, he wants to go rescue an inhuman. Like yeah, and and they planted the seed with the Nadir. When they first showed him playing ball with Nadir, mm-hmm. that like maybe we can't trust him. But I like that, like here, a third into the season, they've established that he's he is trying to do what's right. He's just not yeah. great at it yet, and yeah. <laughs> and and he's well, and not one hundred percent on the level. He's not doing it the way Coulson does it. So obviously, like Coulson's people are going to be like, well, this is not efficient, you know, because Coulson's <laughs> just like, okay, just go do what you got to do. You know? <laughs> yeah, ignore but ignore now, what he said. Do what I do. Yeah, but now it's like now they are, you know, shield in the spotlight. So things have to be done differently. And that's why Mace is there. But, you know, Daisy is just like no nonsense at this point. <laughs> she's kind of always been no nonsense, but she's really no nonsense at this point because she's so, you know, so damaged. Um, so um, Ada, meanwhile, is at Radcliffe's home with and a bunch of agents come home with Radcliffe and Fitz. And Fitz is kind of like looking a little guilty and she's watching, Ada's watching Fitz and she's like, are you okay? You look sad. And Fitz is like, no, 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 I'm fine. You know, just a lot going on at work. It's like, okay. And then Radcliffe tries to shut her down and she looks like she shuts down, but oh shit, she's not shut down. She wakes back up and she's mad um, because Radcliffe caused her to feel pain and she like gave she says she's like i gave my life to protect you guys and she's like what the fuck and now what are you trying to do and so uh an agent shoots at her 
And she took away her pain programming. And so she throws the agent across the room and then she throws Fitz through a glass door. And then Fitz sees Nathanson on the ground and is like, oh shit, what is happening? So yeah, no nonsense. Ada now is here. <laughs> um, meanwhile, the Nadirs are having breakfast on the lawn. It's very quaint. It's very, it feels very like rich senator, like Kennedy style, like lifestyle. I don't know. Um, and VG talks about how he doesn't know what his powers are. Um, and, um, you know, they're having this conversation. He's like, yeah, I, I don't you know, I don't, you don't see me doing anything. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't have power as far as I know. And um, Nadir says, let's go take a walk. And apparently the watchdogs have been listening in on their conversation. And that was the code word for them to suit up and get ready to go take VJ out while they're on their, which is very sad. Um, Coulson and May are looking for Ada and um, like, because she disappeared from Radcliffe's house and they're trying to figure out where she went. And Madcliffe is mad. Wow. Mac. Wow. Mac is like, wow. Uh, we have a bloodthirsty murder bot on the loose. Uh, maybe Nathanson saw something he wasn't supposed to see. And so Radcliffe starts blaming the dark hold for Ada's turn. And Mac is like, you're dumb for making Ada in the first place. Like, I forget what he says, but it's like super childish. He's like, you're a big dumb face for making her in the first place. Um, uh, meanwhile, Mae Simmons and Daisy are on a Quinjet flying over to the, the uh, Ellen Nadir's house. And Mace knew that Simmons didn't trust him and, and she feels pretty guilty. She's like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. Um, and then Mace apologizes for putting a bag over Simmons head. And they're just kind of going back and forth. And Daisy's like giving them this look. She's like, OK, let's focus. Uh, we have to find a way into Nadir's house. And so she's like, we have to find a, a covert way because we can't just go busting in. Um so Simmons poses as a lobbyist with a Southern accent. And so she is at Senator Nadir's office is like, oh, I, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. I need, uh, you know, I, I, Senator Nadir's uh, assistant is there, but she is not. And so she's like, oh, I wanted to talk to her about, you know, some some funding or whatever. He's like, oh, well, she's not here. She's like, well, I could take this funding to some senator who's willing to be here. And okay. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, uh, Daisy and Mace are on comms listening. And uh, Mace is like, wow, Simmons is a little, you know, she's a little more hardcore than I give her credit for. And Daisy's like, well, you know, Simmons has been kidnapped like three times since I've known her only twice on this planet. And Mace kind of looks at her like, what the fuck? Like, which also, why does he not know about this? Like, did Coulson yeah, what? not debrief him? <laughs> like, yeah, how is the head of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Like, you, <laughs> like, you're always told that, like, you know, the what do you call it? The exiting president gets like a letter from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or gives a letter to the, to the incoming president. It's like. They should have the same shit for Shield. <laughs> yeah. And, and and it should absolutely include the time that they some of your low level planet? interns went to space. <laughs> yeah. Well, Colson himself went to another fucking planet. And then right, like... right, but I was just like I'm thinking like, even if you keep some some of it on the DL, it's like yeah. like like, like a half a dozen people have been to space on their dime. <laughs> so, like, like, come on, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so the Nadir's assistant calls Senator Nadir and is like, hey, Gemin Simmons is here. So he knows who she is. And um, they're like, she's like, OK, just take care of it. Um, so the dude tries to take her down and she comes out. She's like, I'm going to need your phone. So she's there for her. 
Um, and the dude tries to take her down and she has this like taser hairpin thing. And so they go back and forth and they're like kind of fighting and she gets kind of pushed around and punched a bunch and she grabs a glass pitcher and smashes it on his head and knocks him out. And then she grabs his phone and she's done and she's, she's off. <laughs> um, the Nadirs are walking and um, Ellen stops and she looks really guilty and she's like, I'm really sorry, VJ. And the watchdogs show up and he's like, what the fuck? And apparently they made a promise to each other that if either of them became inhuman, they would do what they had to do, which means they would kill each other. And VJ's like, dude, I'm not an inhuman. Like, I don't have powers. Um, I beat it. Like, because you told me to beat it. That's why it took me so long. That's why I was in the husk for so long. And it's just like, like, Ellen is crying and she's just like, super conflicted and he's just begging for his life and the watchdog dude is like you know are you what are you gonna do and she's like okay never mind she changes her mind she's like don't do it like like put your gun down and the watchdog leader is like oh really like okay so uh this is where it's at meanwhile may is walking around base and she's looking at cameras looking very suspicious um and they've put she's so she walks into i don't know what room they're in on the base somewhere and she's like oh ada's photo is put out to all the local authorities so we're all looking for her and mac is like hey you did one good thing um radcliffe you're gross and you made her hot your sex robot you made her hot and radcliffe's like i've never had sex with her we're just good friends and everybody kind of looks at him like what <laughs> like- everybody looks at everybody looks at him like he's crazy and fist looks at him like why would you ever say that yeah i'm like i i'm honestly wondering like his reaction, I get especially to someone like like uh, like, like Mac, you know, who is emphasizing how these things are things and and yeah, yeah, objects yeah. and not people. Like him being like, "What are you talking about, man?" But like everyone is, everyone <laughs> looks like he said like the opposite. Like he said, <laughs> "Like, yep, she's my sex robot." La, la, yeah. la, la, la. I don't really understand well, everyone. The fact that he, he he humanizes her and says we're good friends. Like that's what makes it weird. <laughs> it, it, I I don't disagree with it being like a weird reaction, but I feel like it's a little blown for everyone. And Fitz is like, I I actually get Fitz is a lot more like his yeah. like nay <laughs> like stop stop being so obvious like how much you stop care being about weird. This yeah thing. yeah like like, like 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 everyone would think it's a lot more normal if this was just a hyper sophisticated sex robot and that's ridiculous that that's where we're at it's like it would be more normal if radcliffe (laughs) as a sex robot instead of to be friends and like (laughs) because and i think that that's the thing is that like a lot of really pathetic weird dudes have made sex robots like they're (laughs) they're or ordered them they're things that exist but like like however no one has successfully made a robot that could be their friend yet. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of also pathetic weird dudes have tried. Oh my god, I don't think about that. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, Ada is just your hot friend. She's not your she's my, anyway. my super hot friend. <laughs> Which also, you do get why it's defensive since we are in all the time every spoiler for everything show. That we know that Ada is based on his ex girlfriend. Yes. Oh, I forgot about that. So him That's getting weird. defensive yeah. because he he does have a chaste relationship with this creature, but it's based on the love of his life. Like his reaction yeah. makes a little bit more sense, I think, on some yeah. level too, where he's like, 
what? how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like, not do flower, my love. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, absolutely, I've thought about it, but I'm not going to do it because <laughs> yeah. she's not the real one. <laughs> oh my god! Um, and Colson's like, okay, anyway, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, 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 oh, totally. <laughs> Um, <laughs> moving on, um, he, I forget who says it, but he's like, isn't Ada just like a walking smartphone? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, so we could read her GPS. And Radcliffe is like, well, it seems like Ada has taken control of her operating system. And he's like, so she can read her own GPS? Oh, no, that's bad. Because that, that means she knows where the base is. And yep, she knows where the base is. She hacks uh, the system, takes over all the tech in the building and calls Coulson's phone or calls everybody's phone. But Coulson answers and she starts talking back. I don't know her her disembodied voice. I don't know if Colson has her on speakerphone or her disembodied voice is just talking through all of the technology in the room. Oh, and, and when all the phones <laughs> ring, that's one of the that's one of the great references Mac uh, makes. He goes, "This is exactly like the end of, of Lawnmower Man." Yeah. <laughs> and Mac because, is like, "Nope, nope, I don't like this." <laughs> because at the end of Lawnmower Man, Job the the lawnmower the, the titular Lawnmower Man who was a uh, mentally delayed man who. Uh, Pierce Brosnan made into a genius <laughs> with virtual reality because none of these guys understood anything yeah, about yeah. brain, about neuro, about neuroscience or virtual reality or anything really. But he was showing off his ability to psychically control all computers by making all the phones everywhere in the world ring, which is the, what Mac is making a reference to because all their phones are ringing at once <laughs> with a call from Ada, which is a pretty awesome reference and also also, it's one of those abs- bad horror movies that I love yeah, yeah, because yeah. what the fuck does that prove? <laughs> I know, they're like a you know a, a, a touch tone phone or yeah, like back a, then a, what like that, what they, that just inconvenienced everyone. <laughs> like I just everyone on the planet annoyed for four seconds. Like, why is my phone ringing? (laughs) Why is my rotary phone ringing? (laughs) Um, So Ada wants the Darkhold, and she's like, bring me the Darkhold. And apparently Fitz and Simmons have built a system in case they got hacked again. And they're like, yeah, apparently it happens like a year, right? Um, So they're going to go. So Fitz is going to go. He said up. they have a non-internet network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Ada, so they can't get hacked from the outside. Um, and Colson and May are going to go try to keep Ada from getting onto the base. Um, and Mac goes to Yo-Yo and she's like, oh, hi. And he's like, no, that's it. Uh, so apparently Radcliffe built a robot that's trying to attack the base. And she's like, <laughs> why the fuck would he do that? Has he never watched any American movies from the 80s? The robots always attack. Like her, her demeanor completely changes. <laughs> No, and she basically <laughs> says exactly what he said before different yeah. words. Like she paraphrases exactly. It's it's the sweetest like bonding moment yeah. between the two of them. And it shows that they're just perfect for each other. Yeah, like. that they just that they relate on such a random thing with yeah. the exact same, not just like thoughts, but like level of emotional response. Yeah. It's perfect. Like her demeanor goes from like, oh hey, you're here for a booty call to like so like, righteously angry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it's so good and she or, and then she has this other line she's like smart people are so stupid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is another thing that i think mac has like said at, you know like in some way shape or form in the in past episodes too they're just so good for each other i love it they get it um it, it, so colson 
Yeah. So Coulson wants to go secure the bar entrance with May, wherever that might be. <laughs> and May is like, what about the dark holds? Like, um, you know, is that secure? Shouldn't we secure that? And he's like, oh, no, we got we took it care of it. Don't worry. Like, that's fine. And then Ada just shows up in the hallway and Coulson tries to knock her out with his robot hand. And she's like, I have one of those, too. And she just completely throws him across the room and knocks him out. And then she shuts down Android May and she cuts her head um, so that it looks like she got beat up. Um, and then Coulson and May wake up in a locked room and they're like, eh, what do we do? And she, he's like, oh, you got hurt, hit pretty bad. And she's like, oh, yeah, I don't remember anything. Um, I, I, I kind of <laughs> do question that, too. I thought about it immediately when they showed her injury and Coulson like coming to and, 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 and caring for uh, Robot May. Mm-hmm. But why did she like, didn't she take out like an exacto knife? Yeah. And yeah. cut her head? Like, why that, that wouldn't happen from a punch wound? Like that's too- yeah. Like why don't they just? Why didn't she just punch her? Like when we see that so they have I like think, the synthetic flesh. I think that she was maybe waking something up or installing something in May. I figured. I, I see until they showed Coulson's reaction. That's what I thought. So I think uh, you're probably right. That might, that must be it. Because but also otherwise... I feel like Coulson's smart enough to have been like. This is not a wound from a fight. This is yeah, like but a like it didn't, knife it wound. Didn't, but it, didn't, it looked like a, like maybe like she got hit in the side of the head, like more than it looked like from an exacto knife slice. Yeah. Like like when when they showed it, the yeah, result, like, like it was, it, it the whole sequence felt weird to me. <laughs> yes, I think he, I if if we find out that she implanted something or extracted something or whatever, that it'll make much more sense. If we don't get that confirmation, there's a little bit of a weird choice that she, she should just punched her. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, she had no problem punching Coulson, but maybe she feels differently because May is an element. That'd be weird, but I guess it makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so Radcliffe and Fitz are trying to um project the base. I don't know what. I think I tra- was trying to put protect the base from <laughs> Ada's hack. <laughs> um, and they're discussing about like. Fitz is like, dude, it's like she was actually like reading my emotions and like, you know, empathizing with me. Does Ada have emotions? And and Radcliffe's like, well, maybe when she read the Darkhold, like that gave her access to all that stuff. And um, Fitz compares Ada to like, yeah, you know, she's like a a child. Like she just figured out how to process emo- or to what emotions are over like a couple days and meanwhile we've had years to learn how to process emotions like she's like a teenager like trying to you know everything all of this is probably overwhelming to her and Radcliffe is like well is does this make her human like what makes us human like emotions and you know you know free thought or whatever like and Fitz is kind of like what and then Radcliffe's like think about it like if we kill her, does that make us murderers? Like, is she, cause is she actually human? So I don't, it brings up that whole, like, what is consciousness? You know, what are, what makes a person human, you know, versus not human or whatever. Like it's that weird discussion that everybody's always trying to have in philosophy and neuroscience. Um, for the record, I think, I don't think Radcliffe is correct. <laughs> she, she was made by someone. Anyway. Well, um, I, I think that it's potential, like AI has the potential to be alive, but at this point, it, I mean, and and I think that you got to call shenanigans when there's a book involved. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, I question, like, is this 
is this a living AI thing that's 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 evolved from a, uh, something that was originally created by a, a human, but eventually exceeded their original programming in such a way that they're no longer bound by the biases, you know, of their programmer. But 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 if it's being fueled by some sort of demonic magic book creature, <laughs> like is the, is it just an iPhone that's running on, you know? Or is it an iOS. iPhone possessed by the, de- yeah. By the devil? <laughs> yeah, well, well, like, that doesn't make that iPhone alive. That just, just devil's gonna... screaming at you through it. Um, You know what, though? Like, this, these lines that Radcliffe has right here totally lose their authenticity because of at the end of this episode, we find out what his real endgame is, which is he wants the dark hold. So <laughs> Yeah, because he wants its crazy secrets and whatnot. Yeah, so he's totally manipulating Fitz in this moment, which is really shitty. It sucks. Um, well, and I believe that he does want to create life, but it isn't for power. Like like, like we talked about when in the first appearance of Radcliffe when he has the weird uh transhumanist off or whatever with mm-hmm. with with uh Fitz and Simmons, he I think he just wants to experiment. He just mm-hmm. legitimately wants the discovery portion of science is the part that he finds fun. And yeah. now that he's got this magic book that it opens up all this new avenue of experimentation of creating new things. And yeah, he wants to make life in the same way that Morrow did, but not because he wants to be a God because he wants the power of a God. He wants to be a God because he wants the power of infinite experimentation. Yeah. And he like, wants like, to a way to live on forever. Yes. It was it, where the framework comes into play. <laughs> it was a very fragile, I think, very, very normal human instinct. You know, like, yeah. like so much of our everything is motivated by fear of death or wanting to try to live forever somehow. And so yeah. like, expanding that to his desire to experiment once once the possibility of, of living forever. Yeah, that feels you know, natural. Yeah. It, no, I, I, I I, I feel like again, like all the villains on Shield are really good. Like the only only one that's like flat out evil really is Hive, but even he feels like well, it didn't he was start like off the first that way, inhuman right? that experience. He you know he tried to he 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 is the reason there's no more Kree on the earth. Like he saved everybody, but then yeah, he and he yeah he started his- off just a normal hunt hunter you know guy and was experimented on so. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very none. None of them are pure evil, for sure. But what uh, about um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hive or Ward's mentor? Oh my God, what is his name? Oh, <clears throat> uh, I don't know who you're talking about. Garrett. Yeah. What about Garrett? I feel like he was just like crazy, you know, <laughs> like, like, like 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like on some level, I do think he was just. He was Kurtz in Apocalypse Now. He was yeah. just like, I've been at this, I've been at this uh, spy thing too long, and now I just, you know, I don't even care what's going on anymore. Yeah, like, his, like, like his speech to both uh, Coulson and the Fury oh, yeah. was like, was like classic, <laughs> crazy, crazy bad guy speech. Just like, <laughs> well, I was trying to think if he had any like motivating factor to just being evil and i was like i can't think of anything other no his does dying seem, right his he just like wanted like, to he wanted to fix his body so that he could but even before that it seems like his stuff was like motivated more about like random chaos than like a power grab it was like being on the winning side because because he believed everything was gonna burn down eventually like, yeah like, that's true it, it's just pretty dark like but but 
everyone else is like created by trauma in that classic Stanley yeah. super super villain superhero way where they're both create both the same formula and just one goes one direction one goes the other but he doesn't like i think <laughs> i think that's a good call like garrett is just a crazy <laughs> a crazy spot <laughs> like which i i dig like and I it reminds so. me of uh it, it, thinking about it now it reminds me of the foe interpretation of the green goblin which i always i, <laughs> I love the second uh spider-man movie of the sam raimi ones like the most and i really enjoy the first one but the part that falls apart for me is also like the part i love the most because it's his his crazy rant to peter where he's like i was like a father to you it's like wait what what movie was this in <laughs> you offered him an internship and he's like no i want to get it on my own merits and he said no and like, like that's it like there is no there is no fa- you were never a father to him that's insane you met yeah. him twice <laughs> like, but, it's like but hey to him that's how he felt so <laughs> but it's just so Blowing funny like like yeah but it's like the, just the, the cra- but like it's just and it just accentuates that like oh yeah he, they did. They did define the thing that gave him his powers as driving you fucking crazy as yeah. well. So he's not. He's like got a built-in, not reliable narrator. Like he's That's totally allowed to say here. that. Shit. It's a Garrett. <laughs> no, I feel like Garrett is definitely the Green Goblin of uh, of Shield. <laughs> it is just like I'm just going to say a bunch of shit that I really feel is true, <laughs> and yeah. then and then uh, I've seen uh, the universe, man. <laughs> yeah, and then Samuel Jackson will say something smartass and. <laughs> Like, oh, and Colson will shoot me with an alien ray gun. <laughs> but uh, no, oh it's a, a good call on, on Garrett being the not, not, not that any of them are necessarily redeemable, but they all have good motivation. Yeah. Whereas his motivation just is just batshit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he played it so well. It yeah, so no, good. it still works. Like, it totally <laughs> works. And I think, like, every your occasional character, but that's all they need. Like, yeah. <laughs> I frankly think that's better than a lot of stuff. Like, oh, we, yeah. you know, we talked about, uh, you know, the born evil nature versus nurture type stuff, uh, you know, concept already. But like that's something that they recently changed with the um, Spider-Man villain Carnage, who's a sp- spinoff of Venom. He's Venom's child. Mm-hmm. And originally uh, in the comics, he was just a serial killer who had a portion of Venom, this symbiotic thing that gives you the powers of Spider-Man and, because it was just the spawn of Venom. It was it, this small piece of this black symbiote plus his own blood. Mm-hmm. And so it was like this red, black splatter, like yeah. Jackson Pollock look thing. And uh, and that was his, his only motivation was he was a serial killer. He was crazy, like, like some insane serial killers are. And that's it. And now he like comes from a family. Of Cray, mm-hmm. like, like his his uh, ancestor was the first serial killer in the colonies, and all this like shit. And it's like yeah. that. I don't. I hate that. That's like, nice. I, Sometimes you don't need that. <laughs> yeah, like if we found out Garrett like was the great great grandson of Jack the, I feel like that would sully <laughs> his rants. His rants would be less less funny and fun to me. I kind of like that idea too, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't complain. And heck, with the se- last season having some time travel stuff, like fing- we'll- fingers crossed, this happens. Well, what's his name is is dead. So trying to think of who you could who you could get to be a, a, a yeah Bill Jack Paxton esque. Uh, 
like even though they don't actually have any resemblance, but pe- because of their names and ages, people would always get them confused. Uh, but having Bill Pullman play him would be okay. a weird, uh, <laughs> nice shout out to Bill Paxton. Has Bill Pullman ever played a villain? I feel like he's played a jerk a lot, but never yeah. like never like a straight up villain. That would be interesting. Where where has he been? He was the president, and then now he's been gone. And he was cast in Casper the Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was the dad in Casper the Ghost. Oh, oh, also, uh... <laughs> I gotta look him up. What has he been doing? <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> he's like this great '90s actor, and he just disappeared. Oh wow, he is he has grayed oh, quite a bit. What is he doing? <laughs> oh, he's been working consistently. Wow. Uh, the Equalizer he was in. Huh. Um, I don't know any of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any of them. The next movie he's going to be in is Covers. It's in post-production right now. It's coming out this year. Um, you know who, who else I think would do a weird... Torchwood? Huh? Oh yeah, I remember Torchwood now. Uh, in the in like the 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 joint American production season because it was the first couple seasons were just BBC. Oh, okay, I don't. No, yeah, uh, I... there was a what do you call it? Uh, I was trying to think another person who could weirdly fill in for Bill Paxton, Craig Kinnear. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Bill Pullman's been working. I just don't recognize any. So that makes sense. <laughs> oh, oh, I can think of one thing. The Sinner, the TV show. That's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really amazing. good. That's he's great in that. But that's the only thing I've seen him in, in a long time. Huh. Well, whatever. He's still making money. <laughs> I'm just not watching those movies. Those movies don't have no, don't have enough uh Spider-Man in them. <laughs> Spider-Man or aliens, yeah. robots, yeah. or devil the devil incarnate. I need, I need I need big tent uh uh stuff. I I, I need I need a uh, Huge franchise temple films, or uh, or yeah, or at least Jordan Peele giving me social commentary while I'm being scared. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, where are we at here? Radcliffe is talking to Fitz. Oh, so the Watchdogs are talking to Senator Nadir, and he's like, "Why didn't you kill your brother?" And they have this standoff because she's like, "Don't question me." Um, uh, you know, he's like, "Oh, why? I wonder why you made that decision." Like maybe soft and she's like it's not like that um and then shield shows up and dace is like huh imagine that the watchdogs are here like they use those same weapons and mace is like oh i guess there is evidence for that and uh nadir this is when nadir pulls the where's your warrant thing and mace's hands are tied so he's like okay i guess we'll just leave and then the watchdog leader who is in another room with the rest of his dudes gets a call from the superior which this is the first time we've heard that and i have no memory of this (laughs) <laughs> of who the superior is and apparently vj has to die so they're gonna go kill him um back on the base yo-yo and mac are making terminator jokes <laughs> and as they're going into the hangar um ada powers on all the quinjets and she starts controlling them and their weapon system so they have to like jump behind a bunch of shit to like hide from the fire that's coming their way uh and then colson starts smashing the cameras in the room that they're in he's like there now she can't see us and then he's like do you, and may is like do you ever feel like you're living someone else's life which is like a weird thing to ask colson's like yeah sometimes or no he he asked that to her i don't know i don't remember i didn't write down anyway 
Ada is using May as a camera to find out where Coulson hid the dark hold. And so he says, oh, we hid it in Mace's office, blah, blah, blah. And so this is the scene where Ada is in a building across from Mace's office and is looking through the window at Mace's office. And she's like using like her crazy like LMD vision to find out where it is. And then she's in his office and in the of the window, there's all these buildings in the background and she finds the dark hole. But this is where I was confused about the location of the playground once again. <laughs> Just weird. What the fuck, man? Um. Meanwhile, downstairs, Fitz inserts a floppy disk into this very old computer and all the lights turn off. They're back online. They can't be. And Ada is now locked out of the system. And Coulson and May's door is unlocked and they come outside. And Fitz and Radcliffe catch up to Ada as she's trying to walk out of the base with the dark hold in hand. And Fitz tries to reason with her. He's like, don't do this. And then Ada's like, sorry, Fitz. Like, bye. And she tries to flash her lanyard up against the scanner and she can't get out because now she's locked out of the system. Um, and meanwhile, the watchdogs meet VJ in a room and they're like, all right, time to take you out. And VJ's power show up. So it turns out he's like super fast. He's It's kind of like yo-yo, but he can just go wherever he wants. He doesn't bounce back, I guess. Um, and Mace and everybody else hear a gunshot and they're like, oh, shit guess we got to go take care of that so daisy takes on the watchdogs simmons and mace try to run to get vj but he's handling himself just fine and ellen shows up and begs for vj to come with her she's like please and mace and Gemma show up and um Gemma's like don't go with her like please like we can help you and he she's like i have friends that are like you and he's like yeah but are they now shield agents she's like yeah but it was their choice like and he decides to go with ellen and she, you know, Gemma's like, we have to go after, we have to go after him. And Mesa's like, no, he had a choice and he made it. So we need to respect that. And they get on a helicopter and they're having, you know, a little conversation and Ellen's looking at him like, don't look at them. The watchdogs that are in the helicopter. She's like, look at me. Like, and then she says, she says, I'm really sorry. I have to do this. And she shoots him and kills her brother in the helicopter. And she also mentions the superior and she is talking to the watchdog leader and she's like don't ever question me again like you know i had to do what i had to do um so back at the base ada is explaining to them that the dark hold showed her regret and desire and everything she'd never experienced before and she gets all kind of she has her this this is her crazy villain speech and then mac just comes up behind her and beheads her and he <laughs> says roll credits <laughs> it's pretty Uh, great it's really great i love him um with his shotgun axe of course and fitz is kind of like looking at ada's head and her background he looks sad like his friend is dead we're dead i don't know anyway yo yo and mac are talking robot movies in the common room and meanwhile (laughs) fitz is tooling with ada's head like he's digging in her neck like kind of like trying to figure out i don't know what he's trying to do but anyway um he tells mac like you know radcliffe's taking it really hard and um you know this this was his life's work um and then may and colson are at another table about to eat some takeout and um they're you know they're kind of chatting and they're like at least we now know who our real enemy is and then we flash to radcliffe at his house with another ada model 
And he's been in on this the whole time. And like we talked about, he wants immortality and he, you know, it wants to come up with the technology for people to live forever, essentially, um, not necessarily physically, <laughs> but we'll get to that. And um, he's like, soon enough, everyone will have everyone will have exactly what they want. And the camera goes to May as the camera looking at Colson and them having like their little date and Colson's so happy because him and May are having a moment together and they're finally together. He's getting what he wants, but yet not really. They are so cruel. And then the very end scene, uh, VJ's body is thrown into the lake from the helicopter and he sinks to the bottom and then a hug comes around his body. Hmm. Um, one thing that I got from the, uh, Wikipedia, there was a, a a quote from an article saying that, um, so this episode introduced the second model with actress Mallory Jansen saying that Ada 2.0 would be programmed by Radcliffe to be more ruthless and would have to learn from scratch everything that the first version had learned during the season. And this character's costume is a darker shade of gray than worn by the original Ada to reflect these changes. I thought that was very interesting. It is a that. nice, subtle uh, visual cue. That bit at the end with VJ turning uh, into, uh, like, like, it seems like he was undergoing a second teragenesis. Yeah. And that is something they've never picked back yeah. up again. Yeah. And it feels like they should before it right? ends. Like, I don't know. I agree. And we've talked about this before. Like, they don't really drop storylines or, have like, have weird continuity things like that. It's just that we don't catch them sometimes, like our listeners do for us. So thank you. <laughs> but in this case, this is really something that hasn't to yet. Yeah. I, I feel like this is one one bit that has been dropped for real. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Very weird. So, so, yeah. Radcliffe is the evil scientist trope kind of and his evil robot friend just friends just good friends <laughs> <laughs> not you just resembled someone who he's been in a relationship oh, don't totally, even worry about it i totally forgot that that was the behind her appearance she's like okay, so, honest, right and she had like yeah. a brain tumor or something she was dying. yep she definitely had a brain tumor okay so i think i know why we both forgot about the superior I think we blocked him out because he's Anton Ivanov and he's played by Zach McGowan. Oh, he's the Russian, the weird Russian dude. Yeah. And he's, lot. and he's the guy who his brother had cast him to play, uh, Ben Kanahale, the famous, uh, Hawaiian actual mm-hmm. historical figure, even yeah. though they're both super white. Yeah. And I think his brother ended up getting like, booted from producing the movie even <laughs> like, like the guy who like was a first time director was like yeah i'm not gonna go down with you asshole brothers <laughs> yeah. like, didn't he step down though oh no the, yeah he recast him yeah okay. yeah he, he he did end up stepping down and he didn't like immediately like some other people in similar situations but but the the backlash was just like universally bad which i mean you know we talk about cancel culture and whatnot which like if it it were a thing it wouldn't be a bad thing <laughs> but, but, but called consequences yeah yeah people being held accountable isn't isn't like shouldn't be new it shouldn't be so foreign or like upsetting but uh even so i think like that was like 
it's not usual. Usually there's a few jerk hole, like devil's advocates are like, well, what about this and that? But like, it felt like that was one case where like even the most moronic person, if they, if they were arguing, they were keeping it to themselves. Cause it was like universally, uh, uh, bad mouth. And, and he, he did within a, within a couple months said like apologized. And yeah. I, I think he stepped down maybe, maybe because his brother got fired as producer uh maybe it's all part of the same thing i'm not sure exactly how it went down but i can't remember but i i remember that at the time it was a little disappointing because he's on a couple different shows that i watched i can't remember what else it was at the time other than that uh, at the time but i do remember being like disappointed he was so important into what was going on with shield while that uh controversy was happening um also the guy who plays the uh the head of the watchdogs that they've it's like their intermediary for the superior yeah, the white his character the long hair yeah <laughs> oh he was also he was uh in the the series finale of lost he played a baggage handler <laughs> at the very beginning of the episode great <laughs> yet yet again we come back to lost but paul z <laughs> has to be a friend of paul z's uh but he, the the character's name is tucker shockley which i just think is the best fake name i've ever heard oh wow <laughs> uh but i don't know if you remember but the way that his storyline goes down with Nadir, he because Ellen is Vijay's sister, like and and he feels she was compromised or whatnot. I think I think on orders from the Superior, he sets off a Terrigen crystal explosion of like mist in her office with just the two of them, thinking it would activate her when it actually activated him. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah, and he, they even have a conversation in this episode. He's like, "Well, you, you know, that's your brother. Like, you guys have the same. You know, you're you're related. Like, maybe right? He's not the only one. You know." And and he's like, basically becomes a self hating inhuman. Like he's just uh, JT earlier, where he still <laughs> works for them, and but like is used as a tool against against inhumans for yeah. the Watchdogs. Dude, and his power is the same as a character from the comics called Nitro. Who's a mutant named? Uh, his real name is Robert Hunter, who uh, first appeared uh, in Captain Marvel thirty four in nineteen seventy four uh, from Scranton, Pennsylvania, just like Joe Biden. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was created by Jim Starlin, and uh, he explodes. Uh, and they have the same power, where like he explodes and vaporizes and reforms after exploding. And then can and can redetonate infinitely. I do not remember this. <laughs> yeah, uh, like they, they even have a similar way of like of defeating him, uh, because uh, Fitz figures out just like how I think Iron Man in the comics figures out a way to defeat him by. Uh, sending the same frequency that makes him explode. Oh like, yeah. Okay. Like, overwhelming him with it. So like, I think he might be directly based on nitro, but they couldn't use mutants because they're, well, he should be one of those weird exceptions like kept like, like, uh, because he was a captain Marvel character, just like how Scarlet witch and, and Quicksilver could be in the Avengers movie. So they might just not, they might not have used him just to avoid confusion or because he was, some woman they were keeping not not intending to use for the MCU, but just that because of the way things went down with Perlmutter and Fee, where he'd just be like, no, we're going to make a Captain Marvel movie and we don't have any idea what we're going to do. 
and he's an important character with Captain Marvel's history. So there's no way we're not going to include him, uh, you know, you know or, yeah. or, or, at least, or at least hold on to the ability to include him, you know, at the yeah, time because yeah. they had yeah, yeah. written the Captain Marvel movie. And it's worth mentioning that the character played by Nat Benning uh, in the comics, I mentioned when we did our special Captain Marvel issue that Jim Starlin, the uh, kind of person who created Thanos and wrote, wrote uh, the most significant Captain Marvel runs, uh, the way he had uh, Marvel pass away in the comics was very emotional and was very human. It was uh, based on his own father's death. It was a uh, with a battle with cancer, not in battle or or yeah. you know in a big explosive thing. And uh, that comic, there where it happens, the death of Captain Marvel, uh, the cancer he has is caused from radiation from being exploded a bunch of times by nitro. <laughs> So, comics are wild. They are. We haven't had a comics or weird segment in quite a while. I'm glad that, even though that's just moderately weird, it's bad. Yeah, over. <laughs> it's not nearly. It's not like like how crazy is it? An exploding man's exploding radiation gave Captain Marvel cancer, yeah, and yeah. that somehow that like blonde, long haired, you know, blonde. Uh, 70s superhero turned into Annette Benning. It's kind of cool. It's more cool and, and odd than it is like one of the really crazy comics or weird connections, but yeah. it's fun. Plus, it's worth mentioning in this episode, or this episode, even though we already covered Ada when we first met her, that the version of Ada that exists uh, originally in the comics is like a basically a personal assistant, like a personal digital assistant for superheroes <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. Squadron Supreme in an alternate universe of like alternate Justice League, like where they did their own like parody of DC characters. Yeah. So he's basically the Justice League's computer and somehow it's turned into this character. So I mean Ada as Siri or Alexa. <laughs> It works. What's Tony Stark? Uh, well, um, Friday. In, right. And Friday is based on the uh, spaceship of the comp of Power Pack, uh, which is a Mormon family of superhero kids who uh, are experimented on by, <laughs> by, by they're experimented on by by seahorse uh, aliens. Oh, God. <laughs> It's actually a really great comic from the 80s. Like, it's weird as hell. Super cute and fun. And there's, like, really sweet little kids who want to help people. And uh, a dying alien. It's basically like the, the ending or the origin of Green Lantern where an alien is dying, crash lands on Earth. But instead of giving one white dude a magic <laughs> ring, he gives four white kids magic, magic suits that each give them a power that, like, represents a fundamental uh, concept in physics. Like okay. one of them has a power of gravity. One of them has the power of uh, energy. One of them has the power of acceleration. And one of them has the power of density control. And become uh, not dense at all. It can become gaseous and like giant. And, and, or it can become, it can shrink and become super dense and tough. And uh, yeah. The, the, and because they're little kids, like they, they can switch powers amongst one another. And because they're little kids, they have the great code names. Like, when the initial code names, I think Alex, the oldest brother who has the has zero gravity powers, is oh, what is is he? Is he just called? He ends up being called Zero G, but I think that's way later. I can't remember what he's called initially, but uh, 
the middle brother is named Jack and he has the density powers and he becomes mass master. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Julie's got the best name because she has acceleration and she can uh, fly at the speed of light. So she's light speed. And yeah. Katie is energizer and she can uh, cause things to explode, which is pretty badass for a little kid. Uh, mass master. Yeah, that one. That one. Even as a little kid, that one cracked me up. I'm like, that sounds way too close to Ass Master. <laughs> I was like seven. And I'm like, come on, guys. Like, like you had to see this coming. You had to know that we would all see this coming. Uh, no, uh, yeah, no. Ada was the artificial intelligence data analyzer, computer-based artificial intelligence system created by uh, Tom Thumb. The right. midget sidekick to the fake Justice League. <laughs> oh, whoo! Oh lord! There we go. That's that's how that's 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 how it becomes a little bit crazier that that a little person, uh, uh, like mascot character, was the creator of Ada in the original comics where she was created. That is the comics are weird segment of this. <laughs> Of this episode it's been too long i'm glad we're back <laughs> um let's see how many i guess we can end here yeah More i feel like come, except yeah, we... for with vj <laughs> yeah I, I i really do feel disappointed that they don't ever bring him back or haven't yet yeah. like it feels I like that should have discussing that with you actually we were like when we were just you know before we started this podcast we were just talking about zen I remember us being like, fuck, like, <laughs> are they going to bring him back? Like, yeah. And yeah. it feels like it's possible. Like you said, because they barely ever forget anything. Yeah. That's but... the, the, the only time we even thought they did was the memory sheen, which uh, as, as you pointed out, one of our <laughs> listeners figured out for us. Uh, the memory sheen. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> if we made merch, <laughs> like asking a memory machine, like sure. a really oh, no. memory machine. <laughs> like memory machine. <laughs> Alrighty, where can people find you? People can find me at I Snow Nothing on a few things. Where can the good people find you? You can find me at Space Chess with four S's in the Jess. You can find this podcast at Project Tahiti on Twitter. You can send us an email at Project Pod at gmail.com. Uh you can find us uh on apple podcast google play uh if you're a browser listener um but why podcast.com has us up and or you could go to podbean um thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of project tahiti it's a magical place catch you later bye <laughs> <laughs>